0: Greetings, GameCola faithful, and welcome to the GameCola podcast. This is podcast number sixty-four. With me today are Michael Gray and Anna Bernarski. Everyone, introduce yourselves.
1: Hi, I'm Anna Bernarski.
2: <laughs> I'm Michael Gray.
0: Oh, are you guys sick? You sound a little different.
1: Ah, uh, been been studying a lot for um, all those exams because you know I, I just yeah. got into Harvard, so oh. I've, I'm working really hard. You really should call it Hardverd, because it's really hard to get into.
0: I get it. So since this is podcast number 64, let's talk about the Nintendo, Nintendo 64. 64. Oh, man, what a great idea. Why didn't I think of that one? Has anybody played a Nintendo 64? You know, that's like one of the systems that I never owned. I, I
2: never owned it either, but uh, I've played it
1: before. Okay, what game did you play for the Nintendo 64? Because you're our expert. <laughs>
2: Um, I played a Donkey Kong game. It was like a fighting game where you go and find the other players and you beat them up. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, and I also played a Buzz flight game that wasn't that good.
1: I know what Donkey Kong you're talking. Uh, it it wasn't Donkey Kong sixty four multiplayer mode, was it?
2: That might have been it.
1: Did you shoot? Did you shoot coconuts at your enemies?
2: Probably. This was, was there, years ago. Was there an
1: awesome? Remember. Was there an awesome rap song at the beginning of the game?
2: I don't remember.
0: Where's Matt Jonas? We need him to do some rapping.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, How does it go? Here, 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 here we go. He's back again and about time too. And this time he's in the mood. Woo, DK. Donkey Kong. Woo, 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 DK. Donkey Kong is here.
0: That was beautiful, Michael.
1: Beautiful rap skills, yes.
0: Mad rap skills.
1: Mm-hmm. Very nice. Yeah. It goes on for like five more minutes.
0: It
1: <laughs> describes every single character in detail, and that that's just painful. Uh,
2: that's great. Yeah, I think that, that was the game.
1: I didn't like the multiplayer mode in that game, mainly because I would have to teach somebody to play the game in order to do the multiplayer.
2: Yeah, I don't remember. I, th- I think I just kind of ran around and kind of flood if
0: I saw something else. I had a couple of friends with whom I regularly played, uh, Goldeneye, and, uh, that was about the extent of my Nintendo 64 playing.
1: So is Goldeneye, like, a James Bond movie I've never heard of? Yes. Okay. And so it's a licensed game.
0: Yeah, and, like, one of the few licensed games that was any, like, worth playing. Like, it, it was actually pretty fun. Uh, Now, interestingly, I later played it, like, five years later, uh, I was with some cousins of mine, and they, I think they just lived in, like, the middle of nowhere and didn't have, like, more recent games, so they just continued playing Goldeneye for, like, 12 years, and they'd gotten it down to, like, a science, and basically, you just pick Oddjob because he's short, and then you can't aim at him. Like,
1: so do you think they could do like a speed run of um, GoldenEye? Or does that game even have a single player mode?
0: It does, just I never played it. <laughs> I only ever played the multiplayer.
1: I've never seen anybody play the uh, the single player mode, so that's why I'm asking.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it does like, I don't know, you probably shoot Russians or something. So it
1: looks like uh, the best time for a single player mode on hard mode is 47 minutes.
0: Hmm. Still pretty long.
1: Recorded on January, or in July of 2005.
0: I don't know. I mean, I remember having a lot of fun with the game. Uh, mostly we would just mess around with stupid mods and be like, oh yeah, slaps one hit kill. Uh, and hmm. run around and kill each other with our hands.
1: So it's like a Three Stooges movie then. It was pretty good. The other N sixty four video game I remember people playing as a multiplayer game is Star Fox. No one Star did... Fox sixty four?
0: Yeah, like uh my cousins owned it and I only ever like I saw them play it once. And I remember being very impressed and actually it's part of what inspired me to become a game developer. And uh but I never like saw it again. After like my cousin's birthday party so
1: oh so Star Fox was also on the SNES as well huh
0: well that was the original
1: um I guess Star Fox 64 is okay it was my first time seeing multiplayer with with like a split screen yeah which totally confused me because there were like different things on the two screens yeah I had no idea how to handle that
0: that's crazy right which one's you
1: I don't know how you're supposed to know which character is you. They might tell you at the beginning of the game.
0: I think it's just based on which controller you have, and, like, first player is upper left, second player is upper right, you know? What do
1: they do if you have three players but not four?
0: Uh, One of them is just blank. So you you just have, like, a black screen there, I think.
1: It reminds me of um, Back to the Future Part 2, in the future where Marty McFly's son just goes into his bedroom or he goes into the living room and he asks the TV to play six stations all at once. Oh yeah. And they split the screen up into six parts. I'm like, whoa, insane. Why can't, can TVs do that nowadays? Cause I want to watch both my soap operas at the same time.
0: I don't know. I mean, I remember it was also popular in like the eighties and nineties, like picture in picture, you know, they're like, you could watch a different station while you're watching another station. But like, it was like a tiny little picture in the corner.
2: I remember that on my old um, TV. That was really fancy. Yeah? I never I used to... it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I want to try that for my um, walkthrough, if I make a walkthrough for Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword, because it's a Wii game, so I think it would be fun for people to see me actually move the Wii mode around and try to defeat monsters that way.
0: <laughs> like, uh,. I don't know, there was also the other way around where, like, you had, like, four TVs and they were all playing the same picture, like, as a, gig- a giant picture, you know? That's so would be, cool, like,
1: right? a huge jigsaw puzzle?
0: Oh, no, it would just be, like, playing the same, like, stretching the picture across all four screens. Like, you'd have them all piled up. Like, you would go to, like, uh, I don't know, CompUSA or whatever was popular in the 90s and they would have, like... 12 monitors all, like, stacked on each other, and it had one big picture across all of them.
1: So wait, it's like the Brady Bunch theme song, where they've got a different picture on each TV, but all together they form a giant picture? Yes. Wow.
0: Yeah, it's cool, right? Like, TVs and stuff, it's the 80s, they're video games.
1: Everybody loves the Brady Bunch, I suppose, um... So what happened with TV technology? I think everybody just got projectors, and all TVs are flat screens now.
2: Yeah. but what it seems like. My TV
0: is uh, from, like, 1999 and has a VCR in it. I don't actually have, like, a modern TV. All of my friends have, like, 60-inch TVs, though, and I'm like, this is very big. Like, but
1: they're not too heavy because they're very thin. Yeah.
0: It's cool, right, technology?
1: Mm-hmm. So speaking of technology, what sort of technology was there in the Nintendo 64?
0: 64 bits.
1: So what's a bit?
0: Uh, One piece of information, yes or no.
1: Ah, so the N64 only has 64 pieces of information. Yes or no. Okay.
0: But it can process 64 pieces of yes or no information at one time. I... The PlayStation could only process 32, I think. And the Super Nintendo could only process 16.
1: My brain doesn't understand that. I know we've talked about this in a previous podcast with, like, pre-rendering and stuff, but it's like, well, aren't there, say, 20 different colors in an NES game?
0: Yeah, there was, like, 24 or something, I think, was the total. I don't remember.
2: We looked this up in the last podcast. So,
1: I mean, I'm just... Isn't that like 20 different things that the NES can handle at once rather than just eight?
0: No, because, okay, uh, for every yes or no, uh, like it multiplies. So if you have one yes or no, that's either a zero or a one. But if you have two yeses and nos, that stores up to four, right? Yeah, so if- I, I do know. So it's going to be two
1: to the eighth power, you're saying? Is that how much the N- NES can do? Yeah. Oh, Okay. That's still not very much, is it? I mean, it's 2 to the 8th power. That's 2 right. times 2 times 2.
0: Yeah. 256, bruh. Oh, And then knows. 256 times 256 is 65,536. That's cool, right?
1: Yeah, so the N64 can do a lot.
0: Yeah, that's a pretty big number.
1: So I would ask you about the uh, add-on thing for the N64, which gives you like 4 extra megabytes of RAM, but I don't know what a RAM is.
0: Uh, it's how much stuff can be going on at once, like a lot of things on the screen. Like, remember Sprite Flicker, like we were talking about before, how mm-hmm. it could only have so many sprites on a line? Yeah. Basically, if you could have four extra megs, uh, you could store a whole lot more sprites and not have Sprite Flicker.
1: This actually brings us back to a Donkey Kong 64, because it came with, um, I forget what the... Uh, it's the expansion pack. I think it's. I'm. That's what it's saying.
0: The Rumble Pack. Oh no.
1: No, no, no. The Rumble Pack is something different. But you can talk about that while I'm looking up the expansion pack.
0: It's what makes the Nintendo 64 the coolest cinematic gaming experience yet.
1: Cinematic.
0: Yes, cinematic. Did you did you get did you uh did you get that in the mail? Like maybe it was only because I had Nintendo Power that I got this like. 15-minute cassette tape that was, like, an advertisement for the Nintendo 64.
1: Yeah, no, I didn't get it. It
0: was just you. Because, like, uh, Nintendo 64 advertisement. Uh, like, this guy had, like, all the secrets of the Nintendo 64 and these, like, Sega people, like, kidnapped him and like wait what yeah well like they kidnapped him and they were like holding mario hostage and they were like tell us about the nintendo 64 or mario gets it and uh they were asking like what makes it so great and he's like oh you guys don't know about the rumble pack do you the what this is the rumble pack it's what makes the nintendo 64 the coolest cinematic gaming experience yet I'm Man, finding it actually.
1: I wish I had that.
0: <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs> I never got a Rumble Pack for my N64, even though I played Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time, and there's a whole segment, the fishing segment, which basically says, "Hey, you should get the Rumble Pack." Oh well. Wow. And yeah, and the character who runs the fishing store will literally, literally say, "Whoa, you don't have the Rumble Pack. Ooh, too bad for you."
2: Hold on, hold on. But no, hold
1: on. the expansion pack here allows the RAM of the N64 to increase from 4 megabytes to 8 megabytes of contiguous main memory.
0: Wow. It doubles. Mm
1: hmm. It was released in 1998 and contains 4 MBRDRAM.
0: That's cool. Hold on, hold on. Oh, here it we go. Hold used on. It was
1: for apparently four games total.
0: Hold on, hold on, hold on. Give me a second. Oh, it was the scientist guy. Hey, oh. okay, hold on. Uh, I'm going to give you the link in the chat. So Is this the entire video or it's... Oh, you skipped to the important part? I just k- skipped to the uh, important part. Oh, and it was Star Fox is the coolest... Oh, c- cinematic gaming experience there is. I'm sorry, I got it wrong. I can't believe that I got it wrong after not having watched this in, like, 12 years. <laughs> like, Or <laughs> well, I guess it would have been even earlier than that. Like, is it sad that I watched, like, basically an eight-minute-long commercial multiple times?
1: Was it a cool commercial? Because I remember watching the commercial that came with The Land Before Time multiple times.
0: Are you watching the link that I sent you? Yeah, yeah. Did he say...
1: I, I mean, I watched I watched the scene. I heard it.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, okay, I don't know. Uh, It was entertaining, and, like, I got to see... Uh, Star Fox 64, which, like, I never played, but it looked cool, and, like, I saw my cousins play it at, like, his birthday, and, like, it inspired me to, I don't know, start programming. It's cool, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I, um... You know, I told you to check that out in the meantime while I was checking out the expansion pack. Oh. The thing with Donkey Kong 64 is that it required the expansion pack to actually work.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, there were like four games that required the expansion pack to actually work, and one of them was a Zelda game, which was the only reason I uh, got the expansion pack.
0: Oh, well. Wow. Interesting. But
1: Wikipedia is saying here that Rare could not fix the bug in the game, so they they had to sell the expansion pack with the game because that would make the game not crash.
0: Oh, wow. Interesting.
1: Which which actually explains something. Because um, with Donkey Kong 64, the game lags pretty badly at some places. Now yeah. that I know what lag is, I
0: actually understand it. <laughs> yeah.
1: So the way the game makes up for it is that it runs at a higher speed when it's lagging.
0: <laughs> okay. Interesting.
1: And so that allows people to glitch their way through the game because your character's moving much faster than it should be. So they will purposely create lag to make their character go um, much faster than he should be. Wow. And that way you can fit through uh, small entrances and things like that.
0: Interesting. Video games.
1: Fix the game breaking bug. Oh no. I'm not sure why they had the expansion pack in Majora's Mask. I don't know if it's necessary or if they just wanted to sell the expansion
0: pack. Well, they might have just made the game, like, so amazing and whatever that uh, they couldn't do it without it.
1: Uh, The story behind Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask, which I may or may not know, I don't know if this is true, it basically came off as a bet between... um, guy who's in charge of zelda and whoever the director of this game is
0: <laughs> yeah
1: he's like i bet you couldn't make a zelda game in two years because it took them forever to make you know legend of zelda ocarina of time yeah and so basically what he did is dude, that's why the game copy paste pretty much everything from uh, ocarina of time and all the characters look the same
0: Well, wow. interesting
1: it's still a great game it's on GameColas top 50 games of all time I
0: don't know like I've never like I remember being into Link to the Past but then like everything after that I mean again I didn't have a Nintendo 64 so I never really had the chance to experience the grandeur of the 64 Legend of Zeldas but like I don't know just looking at them they're not really appealing to me anymore.
1: What about Link to the Past 2 for the 3DS?
0: I, I don't I haven't, like, my most recent Nintendo console that I've owned is the Super Nintendo. Or, wait, would the Game Boy Color count?
2: Yes. Uh, the
1: Game Boy Color might count. So, I, I'm just saying, they're making a sequel to Link to the Past for the 3DS, which is supposed to come out this year, I think.
0: Interesting. I don't know, because, like, I...
1: So, I've... I mean, do you think that's at that all interesting in any way, shape, or form? Would you like to check it out?
0: Well, I've tried to go... There's
1: only one screenshot of it.
0: I've tried to go back and, like, play Link to the Past again recently, and I could never get further than, like, the first 15 minutes. Like, I just... uh, I'm not a big fan. But
2: that's the easy
1: part. That's where you go into the castle, and then you break uh, Princess Zelda out of the castle.
0: Yeah, and it's just boring to me. Like, yeah. I mean, like, and then, like, I think...
1: But Jetty, it's so cool because when you walk around, she follows your character.
0: I don't know, I mean, I liked the part...
1: Like, you go to the left, and then she goes to the left.
0: I think I got as far in my last playthrough as getting to the, like, dark world where, like, you turn into a bunny. And I remember that being cool, but I was just like, uh, I don't really care about this game. Actually, uh, I can use that as a segue into one of the topics that I had written down
1: Wait, we have actual topics. I just made up the N sixty four topic. I know.
0: I mean, that was a good one. But like, I feel like none of us really played the Nintendo sixty four that much to like have a. Are
1: there any systems that all three of us have actually played?
0: Game Boy Color. I haven't
1: played the Game Boy Color. (laughs) I played the Zelda games for the Game Boy Color.
0: Uh, PlayStation (laughs) two. No. (laughs) No. Computer. Yay. Hooray.
1: Yay. I played I played solitaire. I played solitaire.
0: Right <laughs> here, no, I remember
1: the time you put that jack on top of a queen? Whoa. Crazy.
0: I put a four on top of a five once.
2: My friend told me that playing Actually solitaire I think I have is, a list. That playing solitaire that was a- is a <laughs> sign that you're
0: lonely.
2: <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay, that's a lie <laughs> just because good timing.
0: That's a lie because my parents play solitaire next to each other.
2: <laughs> yeah, I told them it was a lie. <laughs> I don't
0: know. It just always entertained me that like my parents would literally like sit at the dining room table next to each other, both individually playing solitaire. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys.
1: I I have a list of solitaire fanfics right here for oh. the Hacks and slash Why? podcast. Believe it or Why? not. Why? Because Diana said if it's a solitaire fanfic, that automatically makes it a bad fanfic. But there is a lot of solitaire fanfic.
0: Yikes. Some of
1: it good, some of it not so good.
0: Are they about the player or like the characters in the game?
1: They're about the characters. Some of them are about the characters, you know, like the Jack and the King. And, you know, they pretend that they're in like some sort of medieval place fighting You know, you've got the Spades Kingdom fighting the Hearts Kingdom or something like that. And some of them, I've noticed, like three of them are about people in the real world, which doesn't make sense. Let me read a short one to you now. This is called Mrs. Solitaire.
0: Self insert.
1: By Panic. No, this is not a self insert. No? But this is Mrs. Solitaire by Panic. Okay. Bill Gates was pacing outside the maternity ward, perspiring (laughs) madly and biting his nails down to an ergonomically efficient length. (laughs) Oh, Saul, he fretted. Why didn't you tell me? The door to the ward slid open and a nurse stepped out. Promptly, and with more violence than one would expect from a 40-year-old computer nerd, she was pounced on and assaulted by the richest man on earth. How is she? How is she? he demanded, shaking the nurse's shoulders. Mr. Gates, the nurse said hesitatingly. She led him into the ward for Bill to see for himself. There were doctors. Behind them, a bed. On that, a laptop computer. In that, his recently released Windows XP operating system. (laughs) On (laughs) On the screen, with the green hill, blue sky background, two icons. One of them smaller than the other and blinking into existence before Bill's very eyes. The larger icon was Solitaire, who is currently not responding. And the one beside Sol, no, thought Bill as he leant closer, was a baby spider Solitaire. (laughs) Holy motherboard, (laughs) Bill said, and then fainted. The end.
0: Wow. Yikes.
1: So yeah, Solitaire. So what was your uh, real topic?
0: (laughs) I did have a real topic, and my topic was... Actually, recently, uh, I cashed in some of my, like, 4,000 Bing points uh, to get 400 Microsoft points, uh, which allowed me to buy some Xbox Live indie games. And it's interesting, like, paying a dollar for a game and getting a short game, as opposed to what I'm used to from games, which is, you know, paying, like, 60 bucks and getting something that, honestly, is way too long. And... I don't know, like I was just remembering all the games that I've played and how I'll be like excited to go back and play, you know, Secret of Mana again and then like half an hour in I'm like, you know, I really don't care about this story. Like I kind of want to get to the end and like the parts that I remember being exciting later, but I don't want to like sit here and play the whole like 30 hours to get there. Are games too long?
1: Wasn't this a topic on the podcast before? Probably. Okay. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I haven't purchased any games recently besides for the casual games, you know, on the iPad and such. What about you, Anna?
2: Well, I was playing the the very last case for um, the first Phoenix Wright game on my iPad, and towards the end, Mm -hmm. it was probably... um, I, I'd been pretty good about going through everything, and then finally I just cracked and I went, okay, this is way too long. <clears> to <throat> Finish this. I just started skipping everything and looked up on a walkthrough. I just like, I just want to finish this. I'm done.
1: Yeah, the thing about that, I don't know if it's obvious, but that case was actually sold as a separate game at one point.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Or. Because they originally made Phoenix Wright for the Game Boy Advance and then when they ported it to the DS, they said, Ooh, we've got this fancy bonus case, case number one, five, and yeah. every segment in that case, if, if you just time it out, every segment is an hour, so I forget how many segments there are, but they really timed it perfectly. Yeah, I was just getting So too yes, sick it takes forever. Experience. But that's the only case where you get to use the DS specific features. Like you get to blow into the microphone, and you can touch things on the touch screen. <laughs>
2: <gasps> yeah, I I played it on the iPad, so it didn't have those fancy features. You can blow into the microphone. Oh, part. what did they? Okay. You have to swipe. Yeah, so to get the powder off. Of oh her. boo. Yeah, I was kind of disappointed. I was like, Oh, you're supposed to use the microphone here, and then I did. I tried, and it didn't work. It actually took me a little while to figure out what to
1: do. Good, because you know, on like my video walkthrough for the DS version, I've gotten at least five comments of people saying, "Wait a minute, how do I do this on the <laughs> iPad?" Or, they said iOS version, but same thing, right?
0: Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Like, uh, again, going back to uh, Legend of Zelda Link to the Past, like, it just tires me out now, the concept of, like, oh, boy, I have to go to, like, eight different places or whatever and, like, get the things from each of the places and then continue on. I don't know. I've also been watching uh, Paul's Let's Play of Earthbound, and it's kind of the same thing. Like, there are eight different locations you have to go, and there's the story after you get all the eight things, and like, there's always some silly thing that you have to do in between. That's like, oh well, uh, there are ghosts in the tunnel, so you have to do something here, and then like the ghosts will be cleared out. And then, uh, what was that I don't know. It's the traffic jam in the desert, and you have to do some silly quest before that gets cleared out. And it's just a bunch of stuff dragging the game on and on, like impeding you from actually getting to the story you have all these silly little things preventing you from continuing
1: yeah makes sense
0: that basically I, it's, i've
1: complained on the podcast before about that happening in another zelda game
0: oh yeah that's right the uh the in between the dungeons basically making it be an hour long when it doesn't need to be basically uh, just like
1: with phoenix right they timed it out so they gave you a challenge which will last exactly an hour in between everything and the Phoenix Wright case apparently is seven, about seven hours, so I guess that's, like, seven different segments in a row. Yeah. I
0: don't know, that, that is another thing is, like, uh, how long a specific play session is, like, expected to be. Because uh, one of the games that I got with my Microsoft Points was Wizorb, uh, a game that I thought was pretty cool when I played the demo. But then, like, when I actually played the game, because, see the demo is made to be played in eight minutes so it gives you a taste of all that the game has to offer within that eight minutes but then when I went to actually play like the full version of the game the dungeons are like 12 levels long and if you die or if you are just like I'm done playing this game I'm gonna leave you have to start all the way back at the beginning again so basically you're stuck playing all 12 levels which is like half an hour to an hour in one sitting and like there's no way for you to just be like you know what i'm done with this and then come back you have to start from the beginning again that's
2: kind of a pain Mm -hmm. i um
1: i don't know i wouldn't know how long you're supposed to play different games sorry (laughs) my brain's just out of it because i've been busy playing nancy Drew things And it's sometimes interesting to compare, say, like, the early games in the Nancy Drew series to the later, because the later games are obviously a lot longer. Yeah. I don't know if that's due to technical stuff or what, because, you know, the early games could only fit on, like, a one CD, say, max out at 300 megabytes, whereas the the later games have, like, three gigabytes of information.
2: Yeah.
0: That's true. And also, uh, uh, maybe if they've become more popular, they have more money to spend on making a game mm mm-hmm.
1: Also in the, the earlier series, you will see um, challenges repeat, so like the copy-pasted the fishing challenge from Secret of the Old Clock, you see that again in Kapu Cave, and it's literally the exact same thing. <laughs> um, yeah, they don't do that so much anymore.
0: So I guess speaking of that, uh, what games have we been playing? Anyone play any video this games a lately?
1: sleepy podcast. Um, yeah. Yeah. You can talk, Jetty.
0: Oh, uh, like I said, uh, I uh, cashed in some Bing points and got myself some Xbox Live indie games. I played Soulcaster, Wizorb, and Breath of Death Seven. And
1: uh, have you played Breath of Death uh, one through six?
0: They don't exist.
1: You can't just start with number seven. You have to, you have to start from the beginning. Otherwise, you won't get the entire experience.
0: I know. Well like uh they didn't create the entire experience. Unlike uh Mario Kart Seven, this game is not the seventh in the series.
2: <laughs> oh, so darn. Seven is one.
0: Yes. Uh, no, uh Isn't
1: hmm? isn't that what they did for that Star Wars movie that people like?
0: Oh that uh yeah, they game they number with, one,
2: like, fourth, I mean movie. Yeah, they started with number four and then yeah, like, five to six. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's that's strange.
0: Yeah. But uh, Breath of Death 7 was, like, a parody game on, like, RPGs, so they wanted, like, a really big number to make fun of, like, Final Fantasies and Dragon Quests and stuff. So... It was the joke. I don't know. It was a good game, but it was only... Oh, I
1: get it. Yeah. Oh, so we make fun of Dragon Quests for being a long-lived series?
0: Yes. And, like... A lot of the stuff in the game is like jokes about RPGs, so
1: hmm.
0: yes, it was entertaining.
1: Well, I've I've been playing a lot of Zelda Ten recently. Um, yeah, uh, I finally finished my video walkthrough for the game. I I made it through the game. Um, the game isn't that good. I don't really like it. I think that's podcast number six or something of me just complaining. Nothing. What's the podcast number of me just complaining about Wind Waker?
0: (laughs) I don't remember.
1: It was me and Michael Ridgway, and the two of us just fought about whether this game was good or not for about two hours.
0: Podcast number four. Oh, number four, yeah, I was just going to say. Yes. Oh, the two Michaels.
1: Wow, and Colin was on this podcast?
0: Uh, He usually doesn't say much even when he is on the podcast.
1: Oh, that was back when I edited the podcast. Wow, that was forever ago. Um, um, Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker is an interesting sort of game. I feel like they were trying to do things differently, but it sort of backfired, if that makes sense. So they, they tried to have non-standard weapons and items to try to distinguish themselves from the rest of the Zelda series, but just sort of ended up Failing because you have a bunch of weapons and items which you never really use. Hmm. Like, the first item you get is the telescope, and you need to use it once throughout the entire game. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so it's basically sitting there in your inventory doing nothing for the entire game. And they give you the bow and arrow, um, I think, on the third, the third dungeon, whereas usually it's, like, the first dungeon item you get. Usually you get the sword first. Yeah. Then I guess the bow and arrow are slingshot, depending on uh, which game you're playing. Sometimes you get the shield. That was another problem. Uh, dungeon number five is the earth temple, and the item for that temple is the shield. But you've had a shield the entire time. <laughs> so here's the thing, though. It's different because it's the mirror shield, so you can reflect light off of it. Oh. And... That is basically the only place in the game where you do the light reflection challenge. And I'll be able to tell you the exact number of light reflection puzzles there are in this game. One? No, no. It's more like um, 30. <laughs> All inside <of> one temple. <laughs> I, I did that in my video walkthrough. Every single time there's a light reflection puzzle, I just have a screen which says light reflection puzzle number or whatever the number was. Yeah. And it plays a little sound. And I annoyed everybody to death. I think.
0: Well, Paul has something similar to that in his Earthbound uh, playthrough, which is uh, his death count. I think he's up to twenty-seven in my uh, viewing so far.
1: He's really dying a lot, I suppose.
0: Yeah, it's cool, right? Yeah. You get more points that way, right? When you die. I'm
1: finding it here.
2: Yeah, it's just like golf—the <laughs> one with the most points wins.
0: Yes. <laughs> Which game is Groose from? Did
1: make me um Groose.
0: Yeah. Zelda game.
1: Is this from GameFAQs?
0: No, okay. You'll have
1: to give me more info.
0: Okay, here's the thing. Like I I like watching like Space Jam mashups and Fresh Prince of Bel-Air mashups, and I don't know who Groose is other than apparently he's from a Legend of Zelda game.
2: Uh, Starward Sword. Okay. Oh, is did it you see you? I Believe so. Oh, okay, yeah. This up. looks like
1: Skyward sword, isn't it?
2: Yeah. As soon Skyrim as it
1: loads, sword. I'll be able to tell you. Yeah, yeah, he is the villain. or He's not like the villain, but he's... I've heard him described as like Gaston from Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> okay. And so, um, basically, he has a crush on Zelda, but Zelda can't end up with anybody besides Link, because that would just be horrible, right?
2: Okay. Yes.
1: So, that is the main reason why Grus is a bad guy. Also, he's sort of cheats at the flying challenge what a jerk well he's because the person who wins the flying challenge gets to kiss zelda in the play i believe oh so obviously he wants to cheat because he wants to kiss zelda because she's fantastic
2: yeah apparently
1: i could be wrong anna have you played that game
2: i've not played all of it but yeah that's that's pretty much the reason he he cheats (laughs)
1: Because he wants Zelda to like him.
2: Wait,
0: wait, does he actually cheat? Like, is it, like, in the story of the game that he's cheating? Or is he just, like, difficult to win against?
2: I believe he's cheating. It's in the story of the game. He does cheat by, um, like, kidnapping your bird.
1: Yeah, (laughs) that kind of makes it impossible for you to fight because your bird is kidnapped.
2: But then, I think that's the only way he cheats. I could be wrong, I can't remember. I haven't
1: played it since, like, February. Um, to supplement what she's saying, I think it's also supposed to be the case that Grus is incompetent as well. Because, obviously, if he likes Zelda, he he has to be incompetent. We can't have, like, (laughs) a competent suitor for Zelda's hand, right? Right. So he basically spends his time talking about his fantastic hair, rather than, you know, like, actually making use of his time. What a guy. His hair is quite fantastic. Doesn't he have, uh, whatever you call it? What do you call that hairdo, Jetty?
0: I don't know, wasn't it under... Oh, pompadour? Oh, yeah, I guess he does. I think it's pronounced Pompadou. It's Francaise. Oh,
1: is it... Oh, wow, I'm all wrong.
0: Yeah, it's Francaise, pretty sure.
1: I've been pronouncing it Pompadour forever, okay. <laughs> because I heard it from an old recording from, like, the 1950s, because the, the person was making fun of, say, I think, elvis for having the pompadour yeah
0: did he make like a pun about does it does he
1: have a pompadour
0: i think he does it
1: th- no no
0: oh okay
1: are we talking about different things
0: no like the hair with like the curly poof at the front kind of and it like sticks up i don't know
1: Bruce has something called the grucinator uh-oh what? which is not himself <laughs> Created by Groos, the Grucinator is a railed weapon equipped with a catapult that fires larger-than-usual bomb flowers. Wow, this guy's throwing bombs at Link through a catapult? That's
0: well, bomb kind of... Link shoots bombs out of his bow, doesn't he?
1: In certain games, yes. I believe that first started with Legend of Zelda for, uh, you know, uh, Twilight Princess was the first game I've seen where he actually can uh, use his bombs and such and connect them to his bow, I mean...
0: I thought that was, like, a thing. Uh,
1: You might be having it confused for, say, like, the fire arrows, which is an arrow which is set on fire, and you can set things on fire from a large distance. No. There are also the light arrows, which he can shoot out, which will sort of make enemies explode.
0: I think you could do the bomb arrow in the Game Boy game, is what I'm thinking.
1: Let's check it out. The bomb arrow is a recurring item, first appearing in Link's Awakening. Okay, yeah, and again in Twilight Princess. So that's kind of a long break. Mm-hmm. Zelda, Zelda 3 and Zelda 11. <clears throat> Not 11, Zelda 12, Thanks. 13? They really? Let's count. 1, Do 2, really? 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. Yeah, it jumps from game number four to 13. And I, it was completely absent from games 5 through 12.
0: When did they make all these games?
1: <laughs> yeah, these are a lot, but We're counting the Game that... Boy... Uh... The Game Boy Color games okay. basically released at the same time. I think Link's Awakening... Link's Awakening DX could be added to the list to make it even longer, but it's not.
0: Yeah, because then there was the other... So
1: the two NES games, the SNES game, the two Game Boy... I mean, N64 games... The Game Boy game, the two Game Boy Color games, yeah. uh, the Game Boy Advance one, uh, the two Game Boy Advance ones, three Game Boy Advance ones? What? It's because Four Swords and Four Sword Adventures, which I don't count as quote-unquote real yeah. Zelda games, yeah. but those, um, you know, make the list go
0: Yeah, well, I was going to say, larger. if you, like, just get rid of the, like, handheld stuff, it sounds like you get rid of, like, six games already.
1: You do, you get rid of most of the games. Without the handheld, you have the two NES games, one SNES game, two game uh, Nintendo 64 games, two GameCube games, one Wii game.
0: Okay, yeah, that sounds more like what like my knowledge of Zelda was. Only
1: one Wii game, lazy guys. Lame. They ported the GameCube game to the Wii and said, hey, it's a Wii game, but <laughs> yeah. I didn't
0: buy that. Didn't the Wii version come out before the other one? Or something?
1: It came out about a month before it, yes. So weird. So the Wii, the, the release date was November 19th, 2006 for the Wii version. The GameCube version was December 11th, 2006. And that was the game where Link turns into a wolf. Oh. He's a werewolf in that game. Well, not really, because it doesn't have anything to do with the moon. It has something to do with, like, a piece of a mirror stuck in his forehead, which turns him into a wolf. Okay. So about, I think, um, 70% of the way through the game, I could be wrong, Midna, a character, gains the ability to remove this uh, thing from his forehead and put it back whenever he wants. So basically, he can turn into a wolf whenever he wants at that point in the game, whereas previously, you're sort of forced to turn into a wolf.
0: That's cool.
2: Uh, so, so yeah, um, video games. I never got to say what I've been
1: playing. Oh, I never did either. Oh, wait, I did. Go.
2: It took longer than I expected it would, but I finally found somewhere to play the Animaniacs SNES game, which I got really excited about, (laughs) but I'm really bad at it. (laughs) I've only
1: played the Game Boy Animaniacs game. Is it mostly the same thing? What are the levels? We can figure that out. Game Boy Advance has three, I mean, the Game Boy version has like three levels. One of them is... It's the tutorial, which is at the Animaniacs Water Tower, and then the other one is uh, the Wild Wild West in Transylvania.
2: This one is the stories that Pinky and the Brain have stolen um, uh, parts for a movie script, and now you have to go and find all of them in, like, different parts of the lot, which are, like, different genres of movies.
1: Yeah, that's the exact same thing as the Game Boy version. Okay.
2: But I, I think this one's larger though because it has more than three levels. I
1: think it. Does. Yeah, it's saying it's saying here that they took out a couple of levels for the uh, the Game Boy version. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna
0: say is uh, licensed games like that have a tendency to be released on like every single sim- system like simultaneously and be exactly the same game except like trying to cram it onto whatever system it's on. Except for DuckTales. We will.
1: except for DuckTales. DuckTales and DuckTales 2 for the uh, Game Boy are completely different from their um, NES counterparts. Interesting. So, for example, in DuckTales 2, you have the Egyptian level. On the Game Boy version, it's more interesting because it's actually shaped in a pyramid. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, all the screens are shaped up like a pyramid. I don't know if that makes sense.
0: Interesting. Like, individually, they're each pyramids, or, like, all so of them make a pyramid, like, when put I'll together? I'll
1: be able to find a picture of it for you. There's one on the Game Facts, actually. Oh.
0: Did you take it? The,
1: the levels aren't... No, actually, somebody else did. it. I wrote... I, I did a video walkthrough for DuckTales 2 for the Game Boy on um the Nintendo... Not the Nintendo, on the GameCola YouTube. Oh. And um, what you have to do is realize that the uh, Egypt is shaped like a pyramid in order to find the top secret hidden room <laughs> at the very, 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 very top. Hmm. So this would be the layout of uh, level number four of Ducktales 2 for the Game Boy.
0: Oh, interesting! I see what you're saying.
1: So you can see they they specifically designed the level to look like a pyramid and like.
0: Oh. Yes, video games.
1: Whereas, here's something a little bit different. Here's the map on the NES version of Egypt. Notice how they're completely different.
0: That's not as awesome. Yawn. It's not as awesome. Yeah, so
1: which one would you rather play? Game Boy or NES DuckTales 2? Come
2: on. I love the Game Boy.
1: Well, plus there are also additional items in the Game Boy version, which are not present in the NES version. I have absolutely no idea why. Because you can see with the uh, the pyramid, there's a hidden room at the very very top, and that's just a super hidden room.
2: There's like, it doesn't look like you have to do is bounce
1: it. off of an enemy. I forget. I think you have to bounce off of an enemy through the ceiling because you can't see that there's a hole in the ceiling.
0: Hmm. Interesting.
1: Oh, um, there's a special item in the Game Boy version, uh, the the X-ray glasses, which lets you see um, where all the hidden treasure is. Part of the fun of the game is going around and finding all the hidden treasure, and the x-ray glasses uh, are a big help with that.
0: I thought you were going to say that it completely ruins the game and makes it no fun at all.
1: No, because I think what it does is it just keeps the list. It says you've gotten 30 out of the 40 possible hidden treasures. Oh, okay. Actually, I think that's probably what the x-ray glasses are, as opposed to showing you where all the treasures are.
0: Well, that sounds stupid then. Why are they called x-ray glasses? Why not just, like, item list? Like...
1: I don't know, I haven't played this game in forever, I can't tell you.
0: Yeah. It sounds like a useless item.
1: X-ray glasses, magic mirror, radio. Oh yeah, they have a radio because I guess Launchpad was too many pixels to put in the game <laughs> for the Game Boy version. So there's a radio which you use to call Launchpad as opposed to you talking directly to Launchpad.
0: Video games. They're
2: awesome.
0: I like them.
1: More fun than a barrel of
2: monkeys.
0: I don't know. I mean, how many people have actually played with a full barrel of monkeys?
1: I don't know. But how many people have played video games? Many.
0: Yeah. I guess that kind of, like, makes a statement about barrels of monkeys, though. Like, if they were really that fun, then, like, the first guy who had a barrel full would just be like, Dude, you know what everyone needs? A barrel of monkeys, not any of these lame video games. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. I You know, sometimes I think that's sort of rigged because, you know, the phrase um, it's the best thing since sliced bread came out, like, four years after sliced bread was invented in the 1920s. Yeah. So, really, if you were using it back then, it's like, it's the best thing since four years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which isn't, been... isn't, isn't really saying much.
2: Could have been I know saying they made fun that, of that okay. on The Simpsons. Like, they, they could have been saying other things, like, and then, especially in the 1920s, best thing since something else else 20s related.
0: Yeah, and that <laughs> that one just stuck for some reason.
2: Yeah.
1: Best thing since the Ford car.
2: Yeah.
0: Best thing since the 1910s.
2: Yeah.
1: Best than uh, 1300 and late. or Wait, isn't that what we call the 1910s now? 2000 and late? Or is that late 2000 somethings?
0: I have no idea. Oh, I do know...
1: Well, oh, what do you call the zeros? Do you call them the noughts? I've heard that for a while, but that's kind of negative sounding.
0: I was just going to say that, actually. Uh, I've heard other people call them the Ots. Like, instead of calling them the noughts, they're the Ots.
2: Oh, okay. Like,
0: 20 9 i would be...
2: the late Victorian era. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't think of another way to explain it, so...
1: I think... What, what do they call us? The Millennials? Yeah, I
0: guess... Like, I mean I think that's the, the greatest
1: thing since sliced bread. Yeah, pre-sliced loaves of bread have only been around since 1928. Oh. They even have a copy of the astounding announcement from Modern Mechanics magazine. Whoa. Wow. It'd be like somebody saying this is the greatest thing since the iPod. Ooh.
0: I think even that would be longer.
1: Oh wow, check out these women slicing their bread on their bread slicing machine. Wow. So they have a machine which slices the bread a table which delivers it. I don't know what that table does. And a machine which wraps the bread. Whoa.
0: Oh, there we go. There's
1: Invented great. by somebody of Iowa. How is this person not famous for inventing the greatest thing ever?
0: Delivery table.
1: Mr. Rowetter.
2: Come on. Interesting. You might have been famous then, but now it's just like, oh, uh, well, it's sliced bread, so we don't
0: care. I like, th- did you see the second picture which shows, like, the machine like how it works
2: Yeah, that's cool.
0: Ooh,
1: I want to see how how does it work? Does it like slice the bread?
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Like it has a little wheel on which like little things pull little saws up and down. Slicing knives, fresh loaves conveyed to slicer. Oh, wow. Sliced bread delivered.
1: Slicing knives. Oh man, this is crazy.
0: Alternate knives move that up seems like and be... down.
1: How does that even work? Oh, they're on like a, a turning thing, huh?
0: Yeah. Like the thing spins and moves the blades up and down. Like both up and down. And, uh. Yeah. The bread comes through from the top, moving downward, held in a little box. And then it goes onto the delivery table, I guess. Ta-da. Oh, hold on. The machine has been developed until today. It is capable of perfectly slicing 1,200 to 1,400 loaves per hour. That's a lot.
1: Wow.
2: Yeah, it is.
1: During the years of research which preceded the actual marketing of sliced bread, an exhaustive research involving the interviewing of some 30,000 housewives was conducted for the purpose of determining a thickness of slice which would be most nearly universal in acceptance. Wow. This innovation, really which is declared research. to be the greatest single development in the industry since the practice of wrapping bread, was first adopted in Missouri. Oh.
0: Huh. Oh.
1: So Missouri started wrapping bread, and then we had sliced bread.
0: I like that it says, uh, perhaps on the theory that if Missourians could be convinced of the desirability of sliced bread in a wrapper, the rest of the nation could be won over. I guess people.
1: Well, once you make it big in St. Louis, <laughs> you're big everywhere. I'm surprised more video games don't try that technique.
0: Just having a beta in Missouri.
1: A focus group in Missouri, yeah. I'm told there are some companies that primarily only use focus groups in the the Midwest, but I don't know how accurate that is. Interesting. With the idea that you know the people in the Midwest are you know like your more standard typical American. Perhaps. As opposed to, say, like, New Yorkers who are just New Yorkers. Yeah. They're sort of in their own little bubble.
0: Or Californians.
1: Eh, Northern California is in a different bubble than Southern California.
0: <laughs>
1: and then Central California is in its own little bubble, too. They need to split the state in half, but they're never going to. They've tried 40-something times to split the state in half, <laughs> in case you didn't know.
0: I think they recently wanted to do that with... Uh like Colorado or something, that they were like, we want to have North Colorado and South Colorado.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, the problem with California is that the people who make all the decisions live in the North, if that makes sense, because that's where the state capital and stuff is. Yeah. But Hollywood doesn't like being part of that, because, <laughs> you know, it totally leaves out Hollywood and L.A. and Disneyland, and, you know, they want to have some control over how the state is run.
0: Yeah. It is interesting, uh, in Florida, you have the Panhandle, which, like, no one really thinks about as being Florida and is, like, in another time zone and stuff, and uh, we always kind of forget that the Panhandle exists compared to the rest of Florida, primarily being Miami. Doesn't
1: and Disney World... I was going to say, doesn't Disney World have, like, part of its own county or something
0: yeah, it, oh,
1: run by Disney World?
0: Yeah, like, it literally has governmental control over its own municipality. And apparently, like, yeah, so. there are a lot of stories about stuff that they do that are, like, wildly illegal, but uh, whatever. And, like, if anyone dies in Disney, they just, like, bring them over the property line before declaring them dead. That way no one ever dies at Disney They were officially declared dead Off Disney property
2: <laughs> Wow oh What
1: kind of horribly illegal Things are you thinking of Because I'm I'm thinking of amusing things And you're probably thinking of horrible horrible things
2: Yeah
0: I don't know slipping on a banana peel Is that illegal
1: Yeah I was going to say like cruelty to animals Forcing Mickey Mouse to work all
0: these days
1: <laughs> oh. I get it Animal cruelty is against some sort of law, right?
0: Probably. I don't know, like... uh, Not
1: not in Disney World.
0: Granted, there are a lot of people here in Orlando who, like, have a passionate hate of Disney. So I don't know how many of the things I hear are just stories, but I hear stories sometimes.
1: I hear stories sometimes.
0: Every once in a while. I
2: don't hear very many stories. I wonder if that's
1: also the case. Yeah. I don't know yeah, if that's the case for Disneyland. I think the people there like it.
0: Oh. So is this podcast over?
1: I don't yeah, know. Did we talk enough about video games? Actually Diana's here. I could bring her on and we could fight for a half hour about stupid things.
2: Yeah, bring her in. Yeah,
1: I was we could also fight about um the uh, ace attorney Phoenix Wright.
0: Oh yeah, she does always talk about that. She
1: she is she is ridiculous and does not believe that, um, you know, Phoenix Wright is in love with uh, Miles Edgeworth
2: <laughs> There are times what weird, I wonder
1: she had weird feelings I I I mean Anna you played this game right what what about some of those lines Phoenix drops Some of those even lines. The lines Edgeworth drops
2: Some of them make me wonder Yeah
1: Phoenix you're causing strange feelings yes, to arise especially in
2: that me Yes especially that one That oh.
1: particular line is the line for shippers everywhere
0: Yep. What is the thing with the part where he says whoop or whatever? Like <laughs>
1: that's them. You know Leary Butts, the the crazy guy who is. It's got to be the Butts when something smells.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, I know about. So at the end of the game, he's like, "Hey, Edgeworth, you've got to, you've got to chill out, bro,
1: and stop being so uptight. Just shout, whoop!" <laughs> You're, you're, because you're, you know, you're not going to go to jail, and so Edgeworth tries it, and he just goes, whoop, I feel like an idiot.
2: (laughs) I can just imagine, I can see that happening in my head, and I just see Edgeworth going to the corner and going,
1: uh. He just looks to the side and feels sad. Yeah. That's why people like it, it's a funny scene. Interesting. If Anna was here, we could, not Anna, you're Anna. If Diana... You two need to change your names just so it's less confusing. Well, see, well,
0: like, Anna is the first, and Diana is the second, right? Like, Di for two? Like, you have yeah. Anna and mm-hmm. Diana.
1: All right, makes sense. See, they were clones, but um, Anna was the first.
2: I'm, I'm just going to take a guess and say that neither of us look alike, so...
0: And then there's Triana and Quadrana.
2: Ooh, Quadrana is my favorite. <laughs>
1: Henta Anna is way too much. Whoa. (laughs) Guys, I think I convinced Diana to come on. I said, podcast, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. She says, do you need me? I said, we're talking about Phoenix Wright. She says, I'm in. Let me get my headphones.
0: (laughs) I'm going to drop her.
1: It did not take much to convince her.
2: Yes, this would have been... Hey, Phoenix Wright, I'll be there.
3: (laughs) Did someone say Phoenix Wright? (laughs) I just
2: said Phoenix Wright
3: a couple of times. <laughs> I just got home. I was considering sending Jenny a message, but I was like, uh, there's a lot of people online. Maybe he doesn't need me.
0: No, like, no one's actually around, even if they're oh, online.
3: <laughs> so, Phoenix Wright,
1: uh, uh, Diana, you apparently don't like the idea that um, Miles Edgeworth and Phoenix Wright are <clears throat> <clears throat> special someone's.
3: Are we really going to have this discussion, Michael? Do you really want to open this conversation with me?
1: What? No, no, I I was just, you know, I was playing the game recently, and it really seems like the game is leaning in that direction. I, I, I'm i pretty sure.
3: No. No, it isn't, Michael. That is the completely wrong idea. Just, just, no. Oh.
1: I, but that's I why that there's control. so much passion between the two of
3: them. It is passion in the courtroom only. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: The passion for justice.
3: <laughs> yeah, so jetty <sluchetti> stuff. <laughs> Don't let Paul be a bad influence on you, Michael. You're you're
1: right, Edgeworth. It's just us here alone in the courtroom today. No judge, no jury, nobody here but you and me.
3: I'm pretty sure that never happens because Maya's usually I think it. I'm
1: writing f I'm writing a fanfic as we speak, actually.
3: <laughs> I will flame your fanfic. <laughs> what? No.
1: Oh. oh.
3: I will. Oh, only so because. So do you of think you. Um,
1: Phoenix Wright is capable of having romantic connection between other people?
3: It question. Ah, I don't know. I mean, clearly he I was. Think maybe his
1: ability to love was destroyed
3: with mm. the events of Game Three. Is that what you're talking about? Like. The flashback yeah, I'm
1: saying is... with the events of Game 3 where his girlfriend tried to kill him and then she framed him for murder, um, I think that he destroyed his through ability through to love until he met Edgeworth again.
3: No. No. Stop. I... No. <laughs> I should have known he when you like told me to come here years... that it was going to be this.
1: <laughs> he spent like 19 years trying to find Edgeworth again? That's more than a little obsessed.
3: Because Just they a were the guy who you knew
1: from one semester one semester of fourth grade.
3: <laughs> hey, he feels a debt of gratitude to Edgeworth for defending him in that classroom case that really didn't even matter in the long run. So I don't I don't yeah. that. <laughs> It didn't
1: matter at all in the long
3: run. Except it made Phoenix become an attorney. That's it.
1: Part of the reason, yeah. yeah. But what's what do you think is up with Edgeworth um being, us being more serious here, why do you think Edgeworth doesn't acknowledge the fact that he knows Phoenix from before until towards the end of case number three? Because, I mean, you see him all throughout case number two where he's the villain and all throughout case number three he's the villain and it's this huge twist at the end of case number three.
3: I think it's just because Edgeworth doesn't want to... That was a really difficult time in his life when, like, at the events of DL6 happened and he doesn't really want to process that or at least that's what i always imagined i just i don't think he likes thinking about it before because i mean after dl6 he didn't know anything except von karma and yeah that was his life
1: away from the country and stuff like that
3: yeah so i just think he doesn't like to think about it anymore unless he has to
1: okay so here's the other question why do you think phoenix doesn't mention it because he's very reticent to mention it when Maya brings it up. It's the conversation between Phoenix and Edgeworth, and Maya's like, Whoa, Phoenix, you two know each other? He's like, Yeah, we knew each other when we were kids or something like that and Edgeworth says, Don't expect any special treatment, right?
3: <laughs> I think it's kind of the same thing. Like it was I think that
1: was the end of case number two, actually. My mistake, sorry.
3: I think it was too. But um I think it was I think it's kind of because they, it's the same thing. Like Phoenix doesn't like to think about it either because they were becoming friends, and Edward had a really big kind of influence on his life. And then he just left, and Phoenix felt betrayed. Not like that, but like
1: <laughs> not like not like what?
3: <laughs> not like what I'm sure you're really right now. Like <laughs> Edward
1: <Edworth laughs> saved my life, and I wanted to show my gratitude for him.
0: Actually, uh, I've been considering getting a pet, and on my list of pets to get. Uh, would be a hedgehog, and I was trying to think of a name, and I sudden it came to me very suddenly that I should name him Hedgeworth. <laughs>
3: that would be awesome.
0: Yes, Miles Hedgeworth.
3: That's a great name. Well, I have two cats, and when we got them, they're brothers, so I wanted to name them Clavier and Christoph from Apollo Justice, but no one in my family seemed to appreciate that idea. Uh-huh. I was very upset, so I, I call them that anyway.
1: Uh-huh. Is it pronounced Klavier?
3: I call it Klavier, Klavier. I always have I always have called him Klavier, I don't know why It's
1: German, but if you remember When we brought on the uh, Turnabout musical people You'll notice that they and I pronounced All the characters' names completely differently Yeah, I know Like, uh, uh, in case number three Luke at May I call him Luke at me because That's the pun, look at me And he's a selfish (laughs) guy and he wants everybody To pay attention to him but it's spelled A T M E Y, so she was pronouncing it Luke at May. Like, no, no, it's at me, at yeah, me. I oh. always said at me. Okay, Ema Sky or Emma Sky?
3: Ema. Okay, uh, I always said Ema because I originally first watched your walkthrough, but then when I met my Ace Attorney Obsessed friends and they said Emma, I gradually picked up Emma, which is, I think, like the only pronunciation that I've ever changed when I hear people say names a different way. So now I do call oh, it Emma.
1: No, no. Okay. Well, what about her sister? What do you call her sister then?
3: Lana. Lana. <laughs> I say Lana. Lana?
2: Oh, come on! It's Lana Lang,
1: just like Superman. Come on. I don't. I've never heard of an alternate pronunciation for Lana.
3: I I don't know. I just got that. I don't even know where I got that. I think what it's because. What about Godot? I looking... Yeah, I
1: guess Godot is French, and they don't pronounce. I think that's going to be a problem, maybe in like the upcoming Phoenix Wright game, we won't be able to come up with names for the characters, because they'll actually say how the characters are pronounced. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. Voice.
1: Wait, how is Lana a form of Helen? Those,
2: what? That's, what? Helena? Maybe? Helen is spelled What's with that?
1: edas. Wow, that's my ancient Greek nerd coming out of me. <clears throat> yes. There are two different letters e, letter e's in uh, Greek. Sorry, there's epsilon and eta, and I think Helen is spelled with the e, not the a. Hmm. So, Godot, worst character in the entire Phoenix Wright series, or worst character in the entire Phoenix Wright series?
0: What's wrong with him? I
3: don't. What's? I don't think he's the worst character. I'm pretty sure you could probably think of a worse one.
1: <laughs> oh, who's worse? Uh, and no villains, or, or I don't know. Hmm. I guess villains are usually pretty bad guys.
3: Uh, oh, oh, wait, I got one. Uh, Director Hottie, he was horrible.
2: <laughs> yeah, oh my I god. <laughs> and
1: I we win. had to have him back in Apollo Justice, because he's the only recurring character we needed.
3: That was horrible.
1: No, no Maya in that game. Director Hottie, yes.
3: Okay, oh. I gotta go.
0: <sighs>
1: oh, okay. <laughs>
3: Thank you for having sorry. me for like 10 minutes. That was fun. And that was that was a very fun ten minutes.
0: Yes, good work. Thanks for being good, here. Good, and
1: I'm glad you decided that Phoenix and Edgeworth are our true lovers.
3: I hate you. <laughs> Stop twisting my words.
1: Objection.
3: <laughs> Indeed. Objection. I. You know what? I got. I gotta go. I can't <laughs> take any more of this.
0: Michael has driven me <laughs> okay, from the podcast. Yeah.
3: Bye. I don't know how you're gonna put this together, Jetty. I'll see figure it out. Bye. <laughs>
0: bye. Bye. I don't know Are we done then, or?
3: I, I think we're done, we just brought her time. on
1: to be mean to her.
0: So thank you everyone for being here, please visit GameCola.net, our actual internet website, visit us on YouTube GC.net, uh, look for us on Facebook, uh, look for us on Twitter, at GameCola. Oh, all
2: of us on Twitter.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was, that
2: was that? You
1: can, uh, read all about Paul Franzen's conspiracy theories about Larry Butts and Miles Edgeworth being a secret couple. mm. Oh. Or you can learn about his adventure game that he's working on, but I think he's more concerned about, you know, Edgeworth and Larry Butts being a couple.
0: He does post about that constantly.
1: Uh, About his video game? Not so much. I don't think he's actually making it. I think Lizzo's doing it, (laughs) and he's just putting his name on it.
0: Video games.
2: Video games are awesome. Video games? I have video games on my bed right now that I need to install on my computer.
1: Oh, I've got one. Um, Treasure Math Storm and Infinity City are sitting on my desk right now. I need to install them. I
2: need, I need to install Thorel I actually I got Treasure Math Storm
1: version 2.0. This is the version which came out in 1994. No, 1996, I believe. It's saying 1996. Ooh man. This I- thing has 8 megabytes of RAM. I don't think it can handle this. Oh. <gasps> Hard disk with 9 megabytes. Um... For Windows 95, or 12 megabytes for Windows 3.1. Wow. How does that work out?
0: Interesting. The 3.1 was bigger.
1: Huh. Yeah. Double speed or higher CD-ROM drive. 256 color SVGA.
0: Wow. Those are some pretty strict DOS. requirements.
1: DOS 5.0 or higher. <laughs> Runs on IBM PC or comp- Wow. Ooh, 66 megahertz. Well, what they did with uh, their series is they re-released every game. Uh, they re-released the game every two years with updated graphics. And so every game has three different versions. It's the exact same game with basically the graphics are changed a little bit and um, other things are changed around. Like they add more voice actings in the later games because in 1998 you could have voice acting
2: in a game.
0: They don't have voice acting in them now, do they? Oh, whatever I
2: Yeah, hear, uh... Bruce's
1: voice hacker is fantastic. Fantastic, yeah.
2: Yes. <laughs> Whenever I hear someone who I've heard, like, in actual cartoons, I get really excited. I just go, oh my gosh, and my sister is very excited.
1: <laughs> hey, Brain, what are we going to do tonight? Oh my gosh, there's the guy.
2: <laughs> no. That was that, a bad impersonation. <laughs> that
1: was me doing a bad impersonation.
2: The guy who actually did Pinky's Voice has a podcast. And that's, like, the only other podcast besides the Game GameCube podcast that I have. That
1: I'm subscribed to. Interesting. Yeah, isn't that Rob Paulson who does his voice? Yes. It's funny, because usually he just, like, repeats the same voice all the time. (laughs) Like, the voice he does for Jimmy Neutron is the same one for Goof
2: Troop. Yeah.
1: No, but with my uh, recent um, Legend of Zelda Wind Waker walkthroughs, I've been playing the game with my friend Bob, who is just me doing a silly voice. And I've got several people who think that Bob is a real person.
2: What, you mean it's not? What? No, it's me!
0: That's a good one, Michael. (laughs) Bob being you.
1: I know, it's fantastic! (laughs) So what I've done with some of the more recent videos
0: is I've actually you know re-recorded it so Bob and I talk at the same time <laughs>
1: just to reinforce the idea that we're different people just to mess with everybody. So with the the puppet cannon fight, the two of us are going to be cheering at the same time and we give each other a high five because I beat the boss.
0: Wow.
1: But yeah, I no, I just mentioned that earlier on today with because I'm wanted to do a walkthrough for Skyward Sword. I mentioned this on the podcast. I wanted to record myself playing the game at the same time as recording the game. And so I was going to say, well, if I do that walkthrough, I can't have Bob appear in it because that would be impossible because I'm Bob. So, yeah. So I posted that to my blog saying, it's like, I can do Skyward Sword, but Bob can't appear. And people are like, well, geez, what's wrong with
0: Bob? (sighs) (laughs) Just say that he doesn't want, like people to know what he looks like or like have people see him on the street and be like, whoa, well, you're that guy from that thing.
1: I, I didn't actually tell them that um, the reason why Bob doesn't want to be in Skyward Sword. I just had a list. It's like, which game should I play next? Bob, and, <laughs> wow. Whoa, hold on a second. I got 243 comments on that particular post.
2: What? <laughs> People really like Bob. They want
1: to see him feel like... Yeah, so it's here, Bob, my co-announcer for the Zelda series, says that he will not be able to help out with Skyward Sword, but he can help with Twilight Princess. And we get a comment, well, if Bob can't help with Skyward Sword, do do Twilight Princess.
0: (laughs) Bob is more famous than you are.
1: And William's like, I agree with Suzanne, if Bob can't help with Skyward Sword, then to heck with it, to Twilight Princess. I, I kind And of hope the third you. comment, I have to call a third on what William and Suzanne said.
0: Wow. No one likes you, Actually, Michael. I think
1: everybody <laughs> likes Bob. Actually, I think this is just an extended conversation. William and Brianna are just flirting with each other on my comments, and that's why there are 243 of them. Thanks. Yeah, so Bob is more popular than I am. Which I think is part of the reason why I only brought him out for the Zelda walkthroughs. With the N64 games, Bob. I actually have Bob and Bob. Believe it or not, Ugh, it's a hard. I don't think you got. Did you guys hear that one at
2: all? Which one? Just yeah, the one with just Bob. Bob and Bob reporting. Yeah, um... you, you, you've
0: mentioned it before in the podcast, I think.
2: Mhm.
1: So I did both Bob voices. Yeah it was originally a comedy routine that me and my sister came up with and I would be Bob and she would be Bob and but she wasn't here to do that so I did the voices for both Bobs but it, it turns out that doing two Bob voices at once is tough. I think I had one with a deeper voice and the other with a more high-pitched voice and that's how I cheated.
0: Well thank you everyone for listening. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah <laughs> I guess the
1: podcast is over. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: bye, <Goodbye>, everybody.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: Alright, see ya.
0: Bye, guys. It was fun. You Thanks bye. for being here. No bye.
2: Problem. Bye.
1: Jenny, what do I have to do to get fired?
0: Uh, not-
1: Paul refused to ever fire me.
0: He
2: keeps trying yeah, to fire me. You know,
1: like he, he put on an ankle bracelet to make sure where I was at all times. <laughs> I, I tried to break it off and escape. That's how hard it was to get fired from Game Cola. <laughs> so you'll notice even though I retired, I'm still working for Game Cola. I should go back and, you know, read that retirement article. Just go, oh, I was so happy then.